Hey everybody, and welcome back to What the Frack. Hey Gino, how you doing today? I'm good. How are you, Tater? I'm doing pretty good. Trying to stay cool in this Man. 100 degree heat. It is a hot. Texas is being punished for something. Well, and it started in mid June this year. Yeah, I know. And it's here we are in August. Well, oh, August tomorrow. tomorrow. Tomorrow's August. Yes. So that's so now you know when we're recording this. Yeah, and August is usually yeah. the most brutal month. Absolutely. Well, hey, Gene, we've got some uh, special guests today. Boy, Did you know do that? we. Man, do They're we. are sitting right in front of you. Yep. <laughs> so we're here to talk a little bit about um, steel tanks, which may sound kind of boring, but it's actually quite interesting. And with us, we have our guy, Gary Turnbow, who's in charge of all our tank sales. And Hello then our, there, Steve. How you doing, Gary? And our special guest... Shelby Allman, who's the president of Steelmation, the manufacturer of the tanks that we sell. Hey, Shelby. Hey, Mr. Tate. Hey, Shelby. Gino. Shelby's lost some weight. He's looking good, isn't he? <laughs> yes, he is. I was told earlier today I have the best-looking bald head that this young woman had ever seen. <laughs> Don't look at me because I didn't Texas. say it. I, know I didn't say it. Yeah, I got you. But. We can go. I, nah, we're not going to go down bald, yeah. head, bald head alley <laughs> today. We're going <laughs> to. Immediately off the rails. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, that's what happens. So, right. hey, today we want to talk a little bit about storage tanks, oil, specifically oil field storage tanks, because it's a product that uh, BNL Pipeco has been selling since about 2016 or 17, and we have ex- exclusively been seal- selling, I'm, I'm, seven, I'm sorry, Steel Steelmation tanks, and Shelby is the president of that company, but first of all, let's um, talk a little about you, Shelby, let's, so we're like, not like you don't like to we're talk about We're on the edge of yourself. our seat, Shelby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So Shelby, you were uh, you uh, went to school your undergrad in finance in ca- in California, right? Yes, California sir. State University. California State University. And then you went and went to work, and then a little bit later you got your MBA from the prestigious Duke University. I did. Yes. And, and so you worked, and and but a lot of your career you were working in the power generation industry, weren't you? Like, uh, talk a little bit about that real quickly. You were sure, yeah. I uh, so my my broader i like to explain my career this way i've been in the energy complex so both sides of, of complex power sounds, generation wow, so to oil and gas you can tell he has an mba yeah yes. yeah, yeah. From, from duke yes no that's less. right yeah duke 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 mba yes yeah. um so i i actually started uh, at a much more uh blue collar way i right out of high school went to work yeah. in the shipyards worked my way through the trades and this learned, on the west coast I yeah, yeah yeah in portland um Spent spent a decade in the Northwest and then a decade in California, and really about half of that time was spent internationally. Gary and I have been some of the same places, yeah. you know, Sockland Island, and all over uh, all over the planet. So I've been very fortunate to have been able to travel through energy, whether it was power generation, servicing remote, providing remote power to yep. oil and gas wells. Um, really all over the world. So you learned a lot about probably manufacturing and project management and those kinds of things, which certainly play into what you're doing now at Steelmation. I mean, certainly. So real quickly, Steelmation was a is a was a greenfield project with your parent company, Dorfer, right? Yes, yes sir. Yep. Steelmation. Let's get that name cleared up. So, I, so a lot of times people like to call it Steel Nation. <laughs> yes, they do. But the, the acronym is actually Steel Automation. We just shortened it to Steelmation. Um, and it was uh, it was a, uh, a an idea um, really put into a think tank within Dorfer. Dorfer Corporation is a global automation manufacturer. So, with the simplest, shortest way to talk about that, is think Detroit, right? When you think mm-hmm. about you know robots and automation, yeah. Dorfer is the manufacturer of the equipment or the integrator of the equipment and the robots to give you a a, a production assembly line. Mm-hmm. And so, really, Steelmation is. 
the way you should think about steelmation is as a is as a uh, production automation assembly line for oil field storage tanks. Mm-hmm. Widget number one. And I remember because when we were we were involved, so our our company we were just Pipeco then were involved in the development and, and building of of steelmation way back when. And I remember the first concept was um, I think Bob was there, and so was Dave Takus. Shout out to Bob and, and Bob Almond and Dave. Dave Takis. Cousin Bob. Cousin yep. Bob, yeah. <laughs> they, um, so they, they brought the, they th- were explaining this idea to us and they were talking about the automation of the oil field and v- the lack of it. And we were, they're bringing these tanks to us and said, this is going to be the easiest thing in the world to automate. All these tanks be built, being built with robots and none of them were. They were all being kind of more manually welded together and things like that. And so poor quality control, poor process control. And that steelmation was built to address a lot of that. And so now steelmation is up and running, and it is a highly automated manufacturing line. Relatively, yeah. I mean, you think about you know the, the steelmation in what we've tried to do. We, we really don't think about competition in the mm-hmm. traditional sense. We're competing against a standard. Yeah. Right? And so we're, and that standard is us, we think. Um, right. And so, so we have uh, deployed over nine thousand or ten thousand tanks now um wow. and we have zero reported failures so that's pretty cool the, the three things that we were trying to address back in at that time you know bob and, and dave um were really thinking about and these this was feedback from dozens of producers uh at the very beginning Ooh. Uh, coating failure, coating failure, liner huge, failure yeah. inside yeah. a tank. You know whether that was the the process of applying the coating, whether it was the substrate, the steel itself, whether whether it was um, a combination of both, or whether it was transportation. And mm-hmm. so, the concept was really focused on three things: the idea of supply chain management, mm-hmm. surface preparation is everything that we focus on internally. Mm-hmm. While welding is certainly important, it's not the hardest thing to do. The hardest thing to do is to keep a tank liner integrity mm-hmm. for as long as possible and so that really as much as we're steel mation we could be paint mation because yeah. it's as much about paint and and, and liner um, application, but the application as i mean it's i mean the paint is important yes. yeah. so we don't want to want to discount how important the, the guys who actually make the paint are but it's really how you apply it yeah because a lot right. i mean the paint the manufacturers they're supplying to a lot of different manufacturers of, of tanks but it's how it's being applied yeah. which is what what Dorf, I'm sorry, what Steelmation does, which is a little bit unique, right? Yeah, I would say it's pretty unique. We have, we have you know, because of our parent in, in, in uh, vision, Dave take us broad in, in Dorfer, we are able to, we have developed really five or six key custom um, automation tools and not like hammers. Yeah. You've seen what we have, but not everybody gets to see. Unfortunately, I wish I could put the website up, but, but we don't, we don't advertise what we do. Yeah. Um, in the way that you would traditionally market a company. But yeah, we have some very unique automation that doesn't exist to our knowledge anywhere else in the world. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, in the, being in the pipe world, we've grown up and Gene and Gary and I have grown up in the pipe world and we've seen a lot of pipe manufacturing facilities and there's, there is automation, but not the kind of cool automation like you get <laughs> to see it at the steelmation with the robotic arms moving around and welding. And that's, that's pretty cool. I mean, it's uh, it's it looks like something for at least from our standpoint, a little bit out of the future. Probably not so much out of the future in other industries, but in in, in I think in tank making, it's one of a kind. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. Yeah, and, and we're you know we're very proud of it. I wish I could take credit for all of it. I can't. I mean, the 
the uh, the, the facts are there's a really really well, since Bob and Bob and Dave aren't here we're gonna it's all Shelby's idea <laughs> well so, we, we, just, go, we, we had it we had uh, we had Erica implant your little or in office here with us oh. uh, we took her to lunch yeah. and, and she's in town Erica and her team implant are done an amazing job yeah. so there's still a couple hundred people it's not like we've automated jobs away we've just enhanced the skill set of, right. of otherwise you know labor that would traditionally be doing welding and or painting um to a but also increase and, and it, we don't want we want don't want to lessen this is improve, improve the quality of the product i mean again no failures that's pretty amazing been up and running for golly I'm in my eight and a half year. Yeah, eight and a half years. Yeah. It so, was a year after that that we actually went to so first article so, production. So seven years without failure. Is that right, Gary? That's right. <clears throat> that's right. 2017 yeah. for BNL Pipe Co. Yeah. So that's 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 pretty amazing in itself, considering how many failures that you were seeing in the industry. And and so from that standpoint, I mean, the customers, you know, it's we're, we're you're providing a solution for them that wasn't out there, which is which is really great. So it's 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 been a, it's been a fun ride. And again, uh, Shelby, we've known each other for for almost a decade now. Yeah. So yes. uh, so it's been a pleasure working with you. And, and again, we're I'll say from our standpoint as BLPS, we're very very proud to represent uh, Steel Nation to our customers, and and it's been a good relationship. But like I said, I I think our customers say the same thing. Gary, you're probably more of a get to hear more about the the kudos of quality and things like that from customers i assume oh yeah <clears throat> we get to hear it all the quality aspects of it uh, the reason they come to steel mason is uh, or come to be in a pipe co is for the quality of the tanks the the coating first and uh the, the painting the painting being the external uh coat and uh when they see that that's yeah the quality they see the quality our very first uh, delivery uh, back in June, July of 2017. June 12th. June 12th. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> to resources. Well. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. yeah, that was the first thing the Rouseabout said. And they had, this was an add-on, and the tank battery next to it was from a competitor. And the guy showed me a strap mark on the tank that was delivered. And that had been there for almost four years, I think he said. He said, they never even offered to come back and fix it. And one thing that we get done with Steelmation through customer services, if there's an issue, we let Shelby and his crew know within a week yeah. it's repaired, and that goes a long ways with the customer. Yeah. Well, and, and, and Shelby, there's another there's another aspect about the about Steelmation that I think is interesting is as the ability to deliver and timing and how quickly you can make a tank because that was that's also something that's that's uh, somewhat unique uh talk a little bit about how long it takes you to if, if the if everything's if the if the line is loaded and everything's going how long does it take to build a tank yeah the different metrics apply but it, it sometimes but on average you could say if you hit the start button on the plant and it was empty you know, you come out the back end, um, first tank exits the facility. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, it's a, it's between every four and six hours a new tank, twenty four hours a day is produced. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that it, really, and that's and that's coated, painted, painted, inspected, full cured, electronic right? data book. Yeah, and yeah. It's, On it's the from raw material through to the back that's end of the plant. That's truly amazing. Because I mean, again, the, I think a lot of the painting is like we we talked about the coating or painting. We'll use, use painting for the for the sake of this argument but, yep. 
but again painting also is is something that's problematic because it's a lot of time done in uncontrolled environments it might be done out in a in a yard um contaminants are could be present obviously weather issues but everything that you're doing in steelmation is enclosed it's a it's a controlled environment right i mean yeah yeah as much as it can be yes yeah. we're, we're, we're we're you know we're we're still subject to human error um yeah. as much as anybody else but you know we have designed as much out of uh as much uh potential for failure yeah. we tried to d design out the, yeah. the, the those those critical areas so we're in a booth inside a building mm -hmm. that is on positive pressure out yeah. right so inside out pressure and applying robotically so we can paint a tank in about 12 minutes yeah. um, we can cure it in about 35 that's 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 there's nobody that touches that I can I would imagine I don't yeah I mean we are our, our, our analysis of the market um, prior to steelmation really uh, taking off was it it takes about four days to make a tank is that right? Size. In in total by yeah. itself. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's not really an apples to apples comparison because we're a dedicated production assembly line. So there's yeah. 19 or 20 stations going yeah. continuously around the plant, um, and so you have to understand queuing theory a little. It kind of kind of geeky stuff, which you know is, we we really enjoy talking about in plant. Okay, now but, I'm starting to. Yeah. Are you going to? Sleep? <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Falling off. But yeah. Nudge me if I fall asleep. Yeah. Every four hours, the hot rods rolling. <laughs> yeah. There you, you know, go. I, I got to give a shout out to Gary Turnbow, yeah, our tank guy. He is now known as the tank guy in the industry. Yeah, and this is a guy that was a pipe guy for how long, Gary? Probably thirty-seven years. Well, we needed somebody to step up here at BLPS, take the reins of our tank business that we knew nothing about, <laughs> absolutely nothing. And Gary took on that challenge and um, has done fantastic in growing the business and. I, managing I, the business and uh, working with the plant. Yep. And it's, uh, Gary's been an absolute pleasure to work with from our perspective. Now we fight, we fight like oh, brothers and cousins. He paid me twenty dollars. Yeah. Say all that. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. I, I let him buy. Shelby, I let him buy lunch to say that. Now Gary worked in the pipe yard back. Man, we worked together at the same company. I'm not going to say how many years ago. Oh, I'll say it. But I started back. I started back in January of '79. Wow, forty-four years, forty-four and a half years. <laughs> what were we doing? Shows? I was, I was in this. I was uh, nine. Yeah, <laughs> eight. Yeah. yeah, I was ten. I think so. Yeah. Wow. But truly, uh, it's been a good, uh, been fun to watch, and Gary's yeah. put us on the map tank-wise, and uh, it's nice to just pick up the phone and if somebody has a tank question, I just say call Gary. You know, from our <laughs> standpoint too, the BNL Pipe Girl relationship, you know, starting you know with, with Mike and. And Gary and the whole team. Thank you, Nico, yeah, that is, yeah. yeah, yeah. The guys you have, uh, the team you've brought to the table has been super, super helpful. It's well, taken thanks. that entire burden. And it's not that it's, you know, working with the producers a burden, but the, the order volume, the oh, yeah, communications, the day-to-day -day kind of activity. You know, Gary makes it seem easy. Um, Catherine has made it seem easy. Michael and yeah. all the gang have really done, a, made our job much simpler yeah. at the plant level. Well, that's because it's complex enough. But that's so, good to hear. So. Well, it's it's been a, it's been mutual. I mean, again, we've really enjoyed all these years, and again, we look forward to uh, the future too. So, speaking of the future, what a segue! God yeah. dang, that was a pro, that was <laughs> done like should a be a radio. Pro, right? <laughs> I should be radio. 
So speaking of the future, where, where, what's next? What's next for Steel Nation? Where do you think it goes from here? Because right now you're doing storage tanks kind of uh, um, uh, strictly speaking. That's the product you're making. But what's going on? What's going to happen new in the future? That's a great question. Um, I, will, I will answer it this way. So we are in a continuous state of analysis, mm-hmm. right? So we're, we're evaluating market opportunities as they present themselves. We've, we've been asked for since really the first article yeah. <laughs> back in 2016. Uh, okay, great, you did that check. When can we have vessels? Yeah, and, and vessels, let's define vessels. Yeah, for, for th- the, two and three-phase separators, scrubbers, um, heater treaters. These are all things that yeah. have a little higher pressure on them. and uh, Higher pressure, it's doing physical separation of the hydrocarbons and, yeah. and adjacent to or prior to the storage tanks, which mm-hmm. is really kind of end of the line. You're either going into a pipe or a truck. After, so we're still talking, I mean, it's, it's big equipment. Big production equipment. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's not like uh, we're not talking about like a little propane tank no. kind of thing. We're, yeah. I mean, these are things that are probably what 30, 20, 30 feet in length, maybe. Typically, yeah. it can range from six, you know, six by 20, eight by 20 or larger, 24, mm-hmm. 40 feet in some cases. And, and real quickly, I'm, I'm sitting there thinking about if I'm a listener, I don't know what tanks are. The oil field storage tanks, they're 400 barrels to upwards around 1,000 barrels. Yeah. Is that so, right? Yeah. So, and so to give you an idea of the size of a storage tank, let's... They're anywhere from 12-foot diameter to 25-foot tall mm-hmm. and 15-and-a-half-foot diameter to 32-foot tall. That'd be... So that's... They're, yeah. they're a small yeah. house. They're a small house. Yeah, they're a small house. That's right. They're, they're a little cabin, right? Yeah. 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 So yeah. Two-bedroom, 1,300-square-foot house. Yeah, that's so these are... The storage tanks are really big. The vessels are smaller, but still very large, but... Much like thicker said, material. Thicker yeah. material, higher pressures. Yeah. They have to... They have to withstand a little bit more pressure, probably a little more engineered, I would assume. Is that yep. a fair yeah. statement to yep. say that? Yes, sir. So that's something that you're – so go on with that. Yeah. yeah. Well, for, for, before we, I guess, talk about that, one of the things that we've been thinking about as Steelmation is you know, as the industry has shifted into more collective effort on – emissions reduction, fugitive emissions in particular, tanks get a pretty bad knock. And some of those are appurtenances, some of it are fabrication challenges. Um, So the first thing that we thought about, this is now almost two years, we designed a a custom engineered design um, Mm -hmm. for a 40 ounce tank, two and a half pound design. And that was, that essentially was uh, created to eliminate the need for a thief hatch. Right, so the thief hatch being thief hatch is uh, what they used to use to gauge a tank manually, the, mm-hmm. the liquid level of the tank. They'd open that and yeah, stick it, a, dip, depend, a dipstick, a gigantic dipstick, a down gigantic there. dipstick. Yeah, like yeah. yeah, and so in many cases today, those are used as really an emergency relief. Well, the mm-hmm. settings on those are even lower than the set point of because the pressure the can build if sitting on the sun and. You can, the vapors can build it's up heat. pressure, and you have to. You don't want the tank to explode, so the thief hatch pops. Yes, sir. And releases, yeah. which is not good. Yeah, that's a fugitive I mean, it's emission. It's good for yeah. it to save the tank, but certainly not good for the environment. And it's not really where the tank was intended to be saved, right? right. E- emergency pressure relief is really the key for that. And so what we what we've engineered out is the need for a thief hatch, unless you're an old school operator and you prefer to gauge your tank manually, then mm-hmm. then knock yourself out. But for those that have SCADA systems and mm-hmm. technology that allows for collection of the of the liquid level in whatever tank you're in, we have designed a two and a half pound tank, which gives you two primary benefits. One is elimination of that fugitive emission from mm-hmm. a, the weak point, the weak chain in the link. Not that there's anything wrong with the thief hatch, they just weren't intended to be used in that way. Right. So we've gone to a 40 ounce design um, that allows operators to not to do two things. 
lower those fugitive events and mm -hmm. to run their VRUs, uh, vapor recovery units at a higher um, uh, vacuum rating, mm -hmm. right? Their traditional vacuum mm -hmm. rating. It's so you get some operational efficiencies. You don't have cycling of the flare, which means lower continuous emissions and lower uh, fugitive mm -hmm. potential emissions, mm -hmm. potential. Right. right. And so we're in the process of measuring that. It's been a two year program um, and almost every customer we have is shifted to this design. So th those are the kind of the key highlights. So that, that's what's in the future. So we're thinking are, about the future of where, yeah. where what, what else can we offer operators, you know, pipe goes of the world to where you know, we help to think about optimal production. So right. if, we're, if we're optimizing production at a manufacturing level, why wouldn't we logically think about it from a production perspective? Yeah, and so and, and so many of our customers are looking for wins when it comes to emissions and things like that. I mean, that's that's a pretty big win for them uh, on a long-term basis. Yeah, right? in fact, I we, mean, we're in the process of a re-rate program. We've actually gone through and analyzed many of our original tanks, uh, failure FEA analysis, yeah. and uh, determined we can re-rate many of our 13th edition tanks. We can't re-rate any of our 12th edition tanks okay. to a 40 ounce design, but we can re-rate many of, of our 13th edition deployed fleet yeah. um, to a 40 ounce design with very minimal effort. Um, wow. And that goes back to the original design. Our secret sauce isn't just the manufacturing, it's the way we think about the engineering and the connections. Um, uh, you know all of the appurtenances. What are the weak well, points in design? And again, it's from the very beginning. It's been. I mean, we could kind of couch this under if you want to say from an environmental standpoint. You know, it, it actually started with the coating or the the painting, mm -hmm. right? So, a lot of failures previously, no failures or or very few failures now with this new coating process. So, a failure means you're leaking something out onto the ground. And again, we, there's these. Tank batteries have have uh, facilities to uh, capture that, but still, it's a, it's 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 an emission. So the, from the coating, better coating, less failures, moving on to less um, emissions from the standpoint of release into the atmosphere. I mean, so this these are things that our customers, I. I think some of them are think, think about it, but I think all of them will be thinking about it one day. Yeah, and I think we talked about that a decade ago, right? It's like there's right. some of the, you know, at, time, at the time we were thinking about standard, standardizing was the big yeah. thing, right? Just yeah. getting folks yeah. to go with the same nozzle configuration oh, um, yeah. in the same field. Um, today we're thinking about it this way. I mean, SteelMation has gone through a scope three exercise knowing Mm -hmm. that our scope three emissions are at some point going to be analyzed. Right. We already know what that data is. Yeah. So we've, good. we've proactively gone out and I can tell you there is a certain model of vehicle out there that we are, we are considerably lower than. Yeah. And it's electric yep. on a, on a per manufacturer basis. I provide you that data. We'll publish that at some point, but yeah. um, we're not ready to, to publish the data. We're prepared right. for when that day comes. And so we're, we're thinking about scope three emissions. What is our role in it? Steel is a major, you know, a perceived emitter, but we're sourcing steel in North America, mm -hmm. right? Uh, you know, one of the things maybe some of the folks listening don't know is we manufacture in, in Acuna, Mexico. Mm -hmm. One of the knocks we got early was, hey, you're made in Mexico, not in Texas. Well, right. when you look at the overarching scope of what goes into a tank, you know, a, a tank is 50% steel. Mm -hmm. We have to purchase as so a NAFTA company. The, the, it's the it's overall a cost. cost of the tank is right. 50%. Labor yeah. content's less than 10%. Yeah. Right. So 50% of that value, the cost is coming out of steel derived out of North America, much mm -hmm. of it from the U.S., mm -hmm. Mexico, or Canada. Mm -hmm. um, if you're in Texas and you're sourcing uh, uh, the same tank 
on a on a non-NAFTA company, they aren't restricted. Like mm-hmm. we're restricted where we can purchase steel. Are you restricted? We can't buy steel from China. We can't buy steel from from non-NAFTA or participating companies because Mm -hmm. we're a North American free trade company. Mm -hmm. And so our content we feel is is much higher relative to um, the lowest possible emission steel you can get. So Mm -hmm. we know that Nucor has low emissions facilities. We know SDI is a recycler, right? So some of these operations are driving those emissions lower because it's being sourced in North America to begin with. Oh yeah, US US steel manufacturing is ahead of the game when it comes to uh, emissions and things like that. I mean, you see Europe all—they're trying to convert over to EAFs and as quickly as they can. Yeah, but U.S. is already kind of there. Yeah, and so we think about those things by some of those companies you mentioned. You know, we have to be practical. It, it is, you know, partly about bottom line, but oh, yeah. but practically speaking, it makes just as much sense to to procure in the United States as oh, yeah. it, or Mexico or Canada as it does anywhere else in the world. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, that's that's this is all. I mean, again, I'm. Are you asleep yet? Sorry, I'm not. Gene, I Gene nodded Gene, off. Okay, yes. I'm back. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I, I didn't nudge him. But he's, he's awake now. But yeah. No, again, it's like I think I think what you guys are doing is is, is really fascinating. The manufacturing is kind of you can kind of geek out on that because yeah. it is cool. I mean, the the how you get and it, and and it's hard to it's hard to really visualize unless you see it done. But these tanks, when you get a tank that size, it's floppy. Yes. <laughs> I know yeah. it's made of steel. But the whole thing is kind of flopping around because it's so large, and to be able to um, do something, do some with robotic welding, which is a, such a precise type of of manufacturing methodology, with something that's so floppy as a twelve foot diameter tank, it's pretty in- incredible. So you, the, there's that part that you geek out about on the tanks, which I mean, as a, my engineering background, I, I I do geek out on that. But again, from the standpoint of our customers and what it means to them. They should be. They they can be very excited about these products. Also, environmental quality, process control, all those kinds of things, uh, and how quickly you can deliver. I mean, all those things are really good things for our customers. So, yeah. I mean, I, okay. So, maybe I'm getting a little bit over jealous <laughs> now, but I, I do get excited about the tanks. Well, you know, it's pretty easy to get lost. In the beginning, when we started shipping these tanks, we got a lot of questions from our customers. They would say, "Who welded this?" Yeah. Well, it wasn't who; it it's was what. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was always kind of a cool answer for the sales team. Oh yeah. Oh, what yeah. do you mean, who? Well, it's, it's all it's, automated. And and some of them, I think, there's a couple that have been able to see the facility, and they, uh, those those customers that have seen it just kind of go, "Wow, that's." There are either did, two, yeah. two typical reactions. The first is complete and utter silence, and the other is a whole lot of questions, right? Yeah. So, so you get either one or the other. One is absorbing what they're seeing, and the other is just starting to ask questions as we're running down the line. Because, <laughs> yeah, I, I believe that. I believe that. Well, that's this has been interesting. Again, Shelby, I, I thank you. Thank you for taking time out of your uh, your racing um, schedule. <laughs> <laughs> so those who don't know, the, I, I said I was going to bring it up. So Shelby is an amateur race race racing car driver yeah, enthusiast thought well, you were a circuit racer not a race yeah. car enthusiast you actually yeah. race them yeah right? and he races the shelby gt oh geez well, really is that because of your name shelby yeah it's, i i i was a kid it wasn't a very popular name but it's a little better now it's, these it's, days. Little, yeah, yeah. it's not so bad yeah <laughs> now i race a uh shelby gt 350r um how's it going you know, it's well, you're still you're still here. I'm so still that's, here. That's a, that's I raced one. at the Shelby um, Ford Mid American Nationals this summer in June. That's the, I've only been on track a couple of times so, this year. Last summer was a lot, but last year was a lot better. This have you crashed any of your cars yet? I've not crashed any cars. This yeah. year was a very near miss. Yeah. Really? I've, I've but met, what's I've scary met the grass. is when yeah. you're texting him 
and he's saying, well, I'm driving 146 I'm miles an hour, four, and he's on, texting Gary. back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be a little frightening. I am in a harness, just to be clear. I am completely safe. Oh, okay. uh, fully harnessed <laughs> you're in. completely safe yeah. until you're not. Yeah. Yes, yeah, until yeah. I'm not. Yeah, yeah. Now, the racing is a good release from... Uh, I really can't. It's like I used to equate it to snow skiing, right? I used to yep. snow ski a ton out, out on the West Coast, and there's no snow here. It yeah. was 112 last week, all week. Adren- in Adrenaline junkies <laughs> have to find their. Yeah. There's a couple of really awesome circuits in uh, in uh, Texas and. Oklahoma. Which, like, which ones? Well, Coda, Circuit of the Americas, okay. at Austin yeah, is Austin. one. Um, have you been on that? You haven't been on that. Yeah, I've been really? on, on Coda. Wow. Um, uh, Eagles Canyon, northwest of Fort Worth, is. is Fantastic. Okay. Yeah, it's really great. And then my personal favorite is uh, Hallett uh, Motor Racing Circuit, which is outside of Tulsa. Huh. It's uh, it was built in the mid seventies, maybe. Yeah. I know the history. I just can't recall it all. But it's a it's a beat up. It's a fun. I shouldn't say beat up. It's a, f- a very. Yeah. It's a robust experience on okay. track. You're yeah. never getting on that it, track again. Yeah, I'm definitely up. never getting on for less than five hundred a, a yeah. pop. But yeah, yeah, it's a it's a great. It's a lot of fun. It's nice to. And one one last thing I need to mention before we go, which is your son Jackson Wyatt. The, the, the fi- he's so he's not going to be a race car driver. He's going to be a fisherman, I guess. Yeah, apparently he's going to do major league fishing. He he won our. Uh, he is the king of the Yorktown pond infrastructure with a thirteen and a half pound, thirty two inch catfish catch over the weekend. At wow! The, at the local Man. derby, <laughs> and he weighs about fifty pounds. Right, he's six years old, and he yeah with some help. So the from fish his was older catching brother. him. Yeah, <laughs> yes. But he won the battle, right? Okay, he, he took the trophies. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Uh, he's. Uh, God, I can't believe he's six already. I know. Yeah, yeah he's catching huge fish. Yeah, he's he's quite the he's quite the outdoor enthusiast. He really enjoys well, fishing. That was surprised me at first, but yeah, catches catching frogs and and fishing is <laughs> our Jack summer activities. Not get, not getting. Are you gonna? Would you get him into race car driving? He has a uh, he has an electric cart mm-hmm. and it does twenty three miles an hour. Oh, really? I'll have to show you this after, but this kid can figure eight drift the car after three hours. So Uh, these are the, like the carts that the open wheel racers kind of start with. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Because by the time he's in it, they probably mostly will be electric because they're doing the E1 or F1 electric, which is weird. Yeah. No, he's, well, he's been driving since since, since before I could walk something. Yeah. Yeah. And, And mainly electric, but yeah, he's, uh, he's, uh, he's a really, really good on a driver. Wow. Uh oh. Uh-oh. Dad's in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-oh. Well, Shelby, thanks for joining us. No, and, thank you. And, and again, Gary, also, thank you for joining us, both of you guys. I, 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 again, I'm really glad that we got a chance to talk about tanks because it's, it's important to our business. It's important to our customers. And, and again, uh, is there anything else you wanted to add before, I, before we sign off here that you wanted to include about Steel Nation? Or, Gary, is there anything you guys – I've been – Firing for me, I just want to thank you guys for the opportunity oh, to, well, nice. to to build the tank business. Yeah, and, uh, I, I would working with that, Shelby. No. It, uh, That's kind of you to say. It, as Gene said, I was doing pipe for thirty-seven years, so uh, the last seven has been You've done uh, a great job. On the really tanks. nice. I'll say it this way: Dave, Dave likes to think about it. Dave has always talked about uh, this. Dave Takeus. Dave, Dave Takeus, our Dorfer CEO, is mm-hmm. is is talked about it um, this way that with this relationship, you know, being out pipe go and your parent are. Um, this is good a business relationship as anybody could have asked for. Uh, I, we, I, would, good. I would echo that. Yeah, it's been a great relationship. We hope it continues on for many, many years. So, Echoed. Well, with that, well, thank you again for all of our, our listeners for tuning in to this episode of What the Frack. Gene, do you have anything you want to add before 
I can't, and nothing about the Aggies. We don't have to talk about the Aggies. But anything else? Because uh, that's usually not going to talk about. about the Aggies because my hopes are up right now. So. Okay, they are this time of year. Every year, your hopes are always up. <laughs> yeah. So no. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, thanks everybody for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of What the Bracket. We'll see you next time. <laughs>